don't want to be strong like men who look pretty. I want to be strong like bitch that fight bears in the forest. Welcome to another episode of Bitch vs. Bear with your hosts, Amber, me, and me, Cindy. Woo! That was kind of like all one woo. Um, co-owners of Shield Maiden Training Co. This is a show where we bitch, laugh, and chat about all things fitness related to women and the LGBTQIA plus community. Getting fancy there with uh, your I know. letters. I know. I didn't even look at the screen. Ooh. No. All right. So we are wrapping up our month of baby i don't know what else to call it <laughs> pregnancy pregnancy child uh child care child, parenthood there we go parenthood yes parenthood. there we go that's what i was looking for yeah so we're wrapping it up and if you have been listening to the show for a while it probably won't be a surprise that we are well we I, asterisk mostly you mostly me <laughs> By other countries, especially like European and Nordic countries and how they approach various aspects of life, especially as they pertain to like active, healthy lifestyles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sydney walked in today to our recording. It was like, so <laughs> I changed the last episode. <laughs> I, thought it, I thought it played in well. I think so. I think so. Uh, and was not surprised when I opened it up and saw that it was about European, German, Nordic countries. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> European countries generally have supportive policies and approaches towards parenthood, aiming to create an environment that facilitates a healthy work-life balance and that promotes the well-being of both the parent and the child. Yes. So important. So important. Uh, Sid's favorite, Germany, has a strong focus on supporting parents and promoting family-friendly friendly policies. Yes. So most of what we're going to talk about in this episode pertains to Germany. And there was a reason <laughs> that I chose Germany. And I explained this to Amber earlier, so because she was a little confused as to why I chose Germany. So Germany... I mean, not surprised, but... <laughs> true. <laughs> Germany is I what I think is a pretty comparable to america they're mm -hmm. westernized um they have a lot of like culture they're relatively large in comparison so like comparing ourselves to iceland doesn't really work like they have a there. really small population and things like that um also germany has taken on a lot of american style of like societal things um Especially as it pertains to, like, education and capitalism and, like, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So, I, I felt like it was a good, like, case study. Yeah, totally. So, Germany... I'm not even going to try and say this in German. <laughs> I know. I love that you put these words in here. I will. Some of them are really cool. And then I I guess this is... Mm-hmm. Alternates. <laughs> That's how I was going to say it. Um, A.K.A. Parent. <laughs> that is not... Elter Zit Zit Elter Zit <laughs> Apparently So Germany has an extensive parental leave system awesome. and both parents are entitled to take time off of work to care for their child with job protection Ooh. and a portion of their salary maintained during the leave that they take. That's great. Mothers can take up to 14 months Whoa. of parental leave. Yeah. <laughs> what? While fathers are encouraged to take at least two months. Wow. 
parents can also choose to split the leave between them. So like oh, for awesome. a total of like 16 months, they can like kind of piece things together. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So wow. like, I thought that that was so cool. Cause like here in America, we're like, okay, mom gets six weeks, which like, so what? This, yeah. Four, 14, you can get a year in two months. As opposed to a month and two weeks. Yes. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So once you've finished this amazing parental leave. Yeah. So once your once your child is almost one and a half, if you if, like split yeah. between the two parents, right? Like if dad takes. Yeah. Yes. Almost yeah. one and a half. Okay. So now we look at the child care facilities. Yes. So Germany has well developed has a well developed system for child care facilities, known as something, kitas. Kitas. Mm-hmm. Uh, these institutions offer early childhood education and care for children from infancy to school age. Amazing. They are typically subsidized by the government to make them more affordable for parents. Mm. <laughs> we talked about this in the last episode. Child care is difficult. Yes. Uh, these. Kitas aim to provide a nurturing environment and prepare children for school. Germany has a strong commitment to providing child care facilities for families. Incredible. Right. Uh, these facilities are widely available throughout the country, including urban, suburban, and rural areas. The government strives to ensure that families have access to affordable and high quality child care options. <laughs> regardless of their location or socioeconomic status. That's incredible. What I loved about this was that, okay, so like we we do have preschool options. Like I would say that this is kind of similar to like, we know that early childhood education yeah. in America is important. What we have failed to do is create a system that provides for a lot of different people. So like mm-hmm. you can find a lot in urban areas. And yeah. Or even suburban areas. I would say suburban areas is where you find most like high quality mm-hmm. education, pre-K education. But Germany goes a step further and it's like, we gotta serve the people in rural areas. Yes. And we have to serve the people in urban areas. Like it's yeah. it's gotta be widespread. Yeah. And I think the two words that stuck out to me were affordable and high quality. Usually you don't get both. No. <laughs> you don't get both. <laughs> Um, which is wild. Cause like they're children. Like yeah. they, anyways. And like we, we in America know that early childhood education is incredibly important. And Germany, there's like a running joke of like, Oh, you're born. Great. Here's your, uh, textbook for engineering. Like <laughs> they get people, they get children learning early. Love that. And I think it's so interesting because like, we know the importance of doing that in America. We have just, not really come up with a good system to make sure that everybody has access to it. Yeah, exactly. So another thing that the Germans do is flexible work arrangements. So Germany promotes these work arrangements to support parents in balancing their work and family life. (laughs) This includes options like part-time work that actually still pays them well. Hmm. (laughs) Job sharing and flexible work hours. The government encouraged employers to accommodate the needs of working parents, allowing them to adjust their work schedules to meet those family obligations. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's a cultural and societal norm that you can 
work when you need to take time off, be with your family, do those kinds of things. And yeah, maybe you don't work normal nine to five hours. Maybe, you know, part of your, you know, routine is you work when the baby's asleep. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. Makes sense. So in addition to kindergeld, is this kindergarten? What is this? Kindergeld. We we didn't explain that elsewhere. Is that kindergarten? I no, so uh, <laughs> you're just throwing terms in here without explaining them. <laughs> yes. So um there is kindergarten, which is yes, they're like kindergarten essentially. They're like early education. Once you kind of age out of kitas. Okay. Great, great, great. Okay, anyways. So at some point there are other financial benefits available to families in Germany. <laughs> Uh, so these include tax benefits such as child ca- child tax deductions and exemptions, as well as additional allowances for families with low incomes. So pretty similar to America, like they, they it's comparable. Like yeah. we do have the child tax credit. The more children you have, the bigger your tax credit is, and things like that. Again, why I thought this was such a great case study is because it's not like they're super far off and that they don't right. do things you know, similarly to America. Yeah. So you get, if you're low income, the government helps out. Imagine Mm. that. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. So your child is getting good, high quality care and education. Amazing. (sighs) Anyways. So one of the things that I think is really cool about how to set folks up for like parenthood in Germany is there's a lot of education placed on the parent. Hmm. So it's important to them to provide parenting education and support. So there's lots of organizations and institutions that offer courses and resources to help parents navigate different stages of the child's development and to like acquire those parenting skills. Like they understand that not everybody knows how to be a parent. It's not just like this innate thing. Like one day you wake up and you're like, I know how to do all these things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where I feel like we, we don't get, that same kind it's like kind of like uh, no it's more family dynamic like right like what you learn is because like your parents demonstrated yeah. that are involved yeah. but the government and the culture there in germany is to really like provide resources that cover kind of like those broad ranging topics such as health and nutrition and education and child safety hmm. amazing <laughs> and in this country we force our children to have children yeah So in Germany, uh, there's a strong emphasis on education, obviously, and children typically start attending kindergarten or preschool at the age of three. Oh my God, they're just so babies. Uh Uh, Kindergartens are often connected to schools, providing a smooth transition for children into their primary education. The education system aims to provide a holistic approach to child development. Yeah. Which I think is amazing. It is amazing. And it probably sounds familiar. We do something very similar here in America. A lot of kindergartens are associated with primary schools. Mm-hmm. Where we we falter is that kitas, that, that early yeah. childhood. A lot of pre-K, pre-kindergarten, starts in other places that aren't directly mm-hmm. involved with an education system. Where in Germany... Everything's interlocked. Right. So it's like you're in kitas. Great. And it's high quality and it's affordable. And then you go flow right into a kindergarten that probably is associated with 
the Kitas. So it's like a right. pipeline. Yeah. So that's I don't great. Know, I mean, I I think of course, like that totally makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And Germany, there's there's a work life balance, and I think mm. we are in America starting to understand that much more. Um, yeah, but they have recognized the importance of work life balance and they really promote a cu- culture around it. Mm-hmm. So many companies offer flexible working hours, those amazing parental leave policies, family friendly initiatives that help employees manage their professional and family responsibilities. So it's like, amazing. Yeah, it's a whole system working together for the benefit of the child. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So. <laughs> Some of those things overlap with us here in America, and, yeah, and some absolutely. of them are, like, what we potentially should be striving for, I think. I think so. I mean, you know, there's definitely companies that promote, that are better at promoting that work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some that are not good at that. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's great. So I love that. Because we are a fitness and wellness <laughs> podcast, we, we wanted to tie this back into, like, those active and healthy lifestyles and how Germany does some things a little bit different than we do. So these are some notable examples of how <laughs> they kind of promote the the health health of their children as well as their parents, where we kind of like leave everyone to their own devices. Yeah. Yeah. Until they, you know, want to make decisions about their own body. So Germany places a strong emphasis on outdoor recreation and preserving green spaces. Love that. The country has an extensive network of parks, playgrounds, and nature reserves where families can engage in activities like hiking, cycling, picnicking. These outdoor spaces promote physical activity and provide opportunities for parents and children to spend time outdoors together. Amazing. Amazing. So good. So one of the cool things, this is so, I love this, (laughs) is they have adventure playgrounds. So German cities have these, like, playgrounds. I would like to see you pronounce that German word. No, thank you. (laughs) Which are designed to stimulate a children's creativity and encourage physical activity. So we, we have playgrounds here. Yeah. But they're usually... I think they're they could be better designed. Yes. They're usually in a park. They're not necessarily in like urban areas where Germans really make sure to incorporate these adventure playgrounds into the ecosystem of the urban area. So hmm. like they're very integrated. You can walk by. They're they're off of sidewalks. Like they're easily accessible. Mm, that's great. So not only do they have these easily accessible, these playgrounds are just like Super cool. You get to play with everything and touch everything, and it's just amazing. And it, they're not using, like, I don't know, burnt rubber uh, as they're, like, cushioning. Um, they're usually located in, like, green spaces, um, and they incorporate a lot of natural elements. So I don't know if you've spent any time on a playground recently, um, but we don't, have. we don't have a ton of, like, natural elements in our mm. playgrounds. Yeah. Um, which I think is really interesting. Like we create this facade of like, oh, we're going to replicate playing in the woods on these playgrounds, but with all artificial things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like Germany uses trees and sand and water and like all of the things that you would find in nature. And we use hmm. plastic. <laughs> and metal. That looks like a tree. <laughs> and metal. Okay. Tangent. 
What did your childhood park look like? Did you have a childhood park? No. Okay. So we had a childhood park. It lived in a very rural area. Okay. I lived in a more suburban area. Rural suburban. We had one park. (laughs) But the playground at my park, remember, I'm an elder millennial, as is Amber. Yes. It was a giant wooden castle. All of the slides were like 20 feet tall and were all metal. Yeah. And everything was wood. And you got splinters all the time. Yeah. And there were no safety precautions. No. It was it it was like the Wild West. And then I've been I've been back to where my childhood park stood and it is still very lovely and it looks nothing like that. It is metal, it is plastic. There are paths for people to walk around, but it's like the recycled rubber mm. matting. They like do there's no there is no tree inside the actual playground. Oh. Like it's fenced off. All the trees are outside of the fenced in area. Oh yeah. And I'm like, why what? This is all a park. Why do why are we doing this? So that's just a little tangent of like how they have changed over the years. Like mine, it was definitely like if you fall off the slide, you are breaking something. Yeah. And it we, there was no fencing. It was just like free reign. Like go. Go for it. Um Germany, this is what led me to this, is that they offer, like, unconventional play structures. Like, I think probably growing up, we had, like, more unconventional play structures. Like, I remember there was, like, an old boat. Like, we literally took, like, a wooden boat that used to sit in the river, and they cleaned it up, and they plopped it in the middle of the park. And we got there. There you go. Um, Yeah. So... They incorporate, like, rope courses and climbing opportunities. We talked about climbing in our last episode of, like, what it promotes. And it just allows children to explore and engage in activities that allow them to play but also be really physical. And I think that's awesome. That is great. So they also have um, school sports programs that play a vital role in promoting physical activity in Germany. So school sports programs in Germany aim to develop students' physical fitness, motor skills, and overall health. So like, you know, sports do. Yeah. Um, PE classes often include exercises, warm-ups, and conditioning activities to improve strength, endurance, flexibility, and coordination. Health education components may also be integrated, providing students with knowledge about nutrition, injury prevention, and the importance of an active lifestyle. That's amazing. Right. What I loved in that is like injury prevention. Yes. Not, I played sports my entire life growing up. Nobody talked about preventing injuries. No. They're like, warm up, cool down. What? You you got warm ups and cool downs? Yeah. Well, (laughs) to some extent. But nobody sat in like a, a health class or a PE class and was like, here are some common injuries associated with these sports. Here's how to help mitigate the risk and those kinds of things, which I think is like, such an important part of like having an active, healthy lifestyle is yeah. like, how do I prevent myself from getting injured? Because that will derail me. Yeah. And starting early. Cause there were a ton of things that I did as a kid that now affect my fitness as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. a direct correlation. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I don't, I don't know about your gym classes growing up, but what I remember of my gym classes, I didn't learn about fitness. And physical well-being. No. 
I learned and was humiliated by different sports. Dodgeball. We did play some dodgeball. Yeah. But like we would we would learn how to play and like the rules about basketball, volleyball, badminton. I think one year we did play ultimate frisbee. That was kind of fun. But like like that's what gym class was. Like yeah. it wasn't about fitness. It was about learning different sports. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Like this is not useful. Like looking back, I'm like that wasn't useful in like promoting my physical well-being. No. Like never I just hated going to gym. Could you could you imagine an integrated sports curriculum that it was like okay we're going to talk about the importance of maintaining like obviously for children this is going to be hard right they're not going to understand why then it's important to maintain like bone density and why you should lift weights but we could do a better job of making it fun so that when they do age they can say oh strength training has been a part of my routine because i learned the importance of it in high school yeah And like, I think in younger, when, you know, elementary coming into high school, I think there's ways to, and I think we talked about this last week as well, like incorporate structured fitness into a gym class so that it sets them up with a good routine. Yeah. With a good habit and practice. I also think like giving them, like you were saying, like it was kind of the traditional sports. Yeah. We, we talked about this last week of like, there are so many options for fitness yeah. out there. Like, I think it's important for educators to provide that kind of knowledge base and be like, oh, you don't like basketball. That's okay. There are so many other options for you, right? Yeah. Like there's yoga, there's jujitsu, there's oh, all of these things. And like really broaden their horizons and right. not just leave it to the parents to do that. Because yeah. if maybe the kid finds something in school that they really enjoy, then they bring that home. They talk to their parent about it and then their parent gets involved. And now you've created this link where yeah. even the parent can be like, Oh, that sounds really awesome. I'm going to do that with you. Yeah. Instead of being like, we're going to play these four sports. Right. Oh, and by the way, I need you to do run wind sprints. And it's yeah. like awesome. Yeah. Like, I think the most unusual sport for that time was we played ultimate frisbee. We had like an ultimate frisbee section of my gym class one year. (laughs) And like, what about like yoga? I never even heard the term yoga in a gym (laughs) class. Like that would have been amazing. Yeah. Or like anything unusual, any kind of gymnastics, weight training, like you're talking about, if that. I know that is a little more complicated because like there's things that you need to get and they're expensive, but you know, dance, dance. Yeah. Bring dance in. That is so phenomenal for balance and strength and coordination and stamina. Yeah. Like, but also take like a field trip to a rock climbing gym. Like, you know, do an adventure course. Like there's, yeah, there's so so many many options. And I think that that's, that's a key to why there's a lot of successful and like healthy lifestyles in Germany and Nordic countries um, is that introduction to those things. That was a big tangent. Okay. Yeah, it was. (laughs) Sorry. I have a lot of feelings about gym class in high school. (laughs) (laughs) So we're, we're, uh, if you haven't caught on, we're talking about (laughs) a lot of different elements in here as to why like there's some success in Germany. 
another factor is that Germany has some diverse parenting styles from what our kind of like traditional thoughts are. And while, of course, there's a wide range of approaches within the country, there are those few unique parenting styles that have emerged and are kind of like socially acceptable. Great. Great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Sid, what is this word? Gesundheit. Calmness. Calmness. Yeah. <laughs> is a parenting style that emphasizes a calm and relaxed approach to raising children. Hmm. It encourages parents to maintain a sense of composure, patience, and emotional stability when dealing with challenges. So, like, huh. they're emotionally calm. Yeah. And they don't get worked up. And they don't, like you know, not elevated or in those kinds of ways. This style promotes fostering an environment of like tranquility and allowing children to develop at their own pace and learn to regulate their own emotions. Because yeah, I don't know if you've met a child, they have a lot of emotions. They come very quickly. They're very big. They're very big. And like, we, we see, we see this as like the tantrums, right? Like that's, and I I have seen, um, some Germans interacting and a lot of times they're just like, you're allowed to feel your feelings when you're yeah. ready to come back and discuss them. We will please go over there and like, please vacate the area. Just like, it's okay <laughs> to have your feelings, but like yeah. your response to them needs to be regulated. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's real cool. Instead of like, and again, we're elder millennials. Yeah. So like, it was like, you know, children should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. Like if you're having an emotion, stifle it. <laughs> Do not let that out. Yeah. Elsa that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You let it go. <laughs> or you suffer silently. And if you are heard having a tantrum, you are then punished for your emotion. You're given something to cry about. Yes. You are given something <laughs> to cry about. Yeah. We, we were given things to cry about a lot. Yeah. Um, I had a lot of emotions. Am I having a lot of emotions? <laughs> Nobody appreciated them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So another parenting style. Uh, and I'm not going to try and pronounce this word because I suck at languages, is unschooling. So this is an alternative education philosophy that is embraced by some parents in Germany, and it promotes child-led learning and allows children to follow their individual interests and curiosities rather than adhering to a traditional curriculum. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I had a student on course who did this. Ooh. Yeah. So parents who practice unschooling provide resources, support, and guidance while allowing their children freedom in determining their educational path. Yeah. That's very cool. It is very cool. So I could see it going very wrong, though. There's still structure (laughs) to it. So this isn't like this isn't like free reign. Right. But it is an approach that is still structured, but allows a child to explore their interests versus being put into a curriculum that is standardized across the board. Right. And Germany has a a unique approach to just like taking exams and things. So Mm -hmm. when you reach a certain age in like high school, you, it's kind of like your pathways. So like their, their personality based, their interest based. And it kind of leads you of like, some people go right into trades. Some people go know that they're going to go into a trade, but they go to like uh, a traditional kind of four-year college some people join the military but it's huh. it's set up very similar to what we hope to achieve in america but it's <laughs> it, it doesn't quite it actually works but it actually works um huh. not i mean you know 
everybody's unique. I mean, but this is really cool because up until a certain point in school, the the children really get to choose the not the curriculum, so to speak, but like the interest that they want to follow. And then there's a curriculum that is designed. Oh, interesting. But it's not standardized. Right. You're not, not everybody is sitting in the same five classes all the time. It's like, oh, you are really interested in mathematics or you are really interested in robotics. And so they get to like kind of follow that path. And maybe they don't, they, they care not one lick about poetry. So, like, that's not involved in what they're doing. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. I don't... I'm not also not going to try and pronounce this. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> this one is regulative parenting. And what it does is it emphasizes structure and routines and clear boundaries. So parents employ this style to provide a consistent and predictable environment for their children where rules and expectations are clearly defined. This approach aims to instill discipline and a sense of security in children through the establishment of predictable routines. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> they, we, people joke about like trains running on time in Germany, right? Like they are very regimented, but when it applies to children, they can, they know what's coming next. Yes. The routine is never disrupted or minimizes it so yeah. that they can deal with when things do go wrong. It's like, right. oh, okay, I can adjust. I can adjust to this because I know the next thing coming up. Right. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think it's really great because we did a lot of that kind of expectation setting on like outward bound courses. Mm-hmm. Like this, not that we eat at the same time every day, but that that is the next thing after X, Y, and Z is done. Right. So it's like you wake up, you do X, Y, and Z breakfast. You do X, Y, and Z. But those things are always the same. The timing might be different, but right. they're always the same throughout the day. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I agree. It adds this level of security and kind of comfort and can lessen anxiety for mm-hmm. not just children, but anybody yeah to have a sense of like what's coming up yeah that like what the routine is like okay this is what happens this is what's coming up yeah like and- oh there's a disruption but that's okay like this next thing is happening now so now i know what's coming up next again i think here in america we get really focused on like timing of things versus Mm. the predictability of like when they happen in a schedule if that makes sense yeah so like what time they happen not like the sequence of what's happening exactly and this is more about the sequencing Mm -hmm. and i think that that is a way better way to approach especially children who Mm -hmm. like they don't they They have no concept of time (laughs) yeah we taught my brother how to tell time by how many how long rugrats shows were (laughs) is it one rugrats show 30 minutes. Is it two rugrats shows? An hour. And that's how we taught it. And then we introduced the clock. This is what time rugrats comes on. So then he can learn to read the clock. And of course, once we get streaming services, that's all thrown off because then you have to take out the time that commercials were in there. Exactly. <laughs> streaming services. The ruin. <laughs> the ruin of the timetable. <laughs> okay. So the last style of parenting that we want to talk about is nature oriented parenting or nature kind, Na- nature kind, nature kind. 
parenting. So this parenting style embraces a deep connection with nature and the outdoors. It's my not surprising. Yeah. (laughs) Parents who follow this approach prioritize spending time in natural environments, engaging in outdoor activities and fostering an appreciation for the environment. This style encourages children to develop a sense of wonder, environmental consciousness, and a strong bond with the natural world. And I think it all goes, the things, all the things. And I think this is a easier type of parenting in Germany because of some of the factors that we stated up mm. above, where like playgrounds and those spaces are really integrated into the environment. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's less about like, now I need to leave this area and go to like a special park. I have it's, to go to nature. I have to go to nature <laughs> versus nature is just around. Yeah. And I am existing in this world yeah. of nature, <laughs> which makes way more sense to me. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> it was Tangent. Tangent. <laughs> it's gonna be a long episode. It's Okay. So it was funny. The Shelby and I, because okay, multiple tangents. Ready? <laughs> Buckle up. So we, of course, are a homosexual couple. What? Shocking. <laughs> I know. I had no clue. I thought you were just roommates. <laughs> I thought you were just roommates. <laughs> so when discussing like children and things, it's very different. I don't, I don't. Un- I have a hard time um, because like heterosexual couples get this kind of interesting way to approach becoming a parent where they can leave it up to fate, God, whatever, whatever they want and can say it can just happen. If it happens, it happens. It's meant to be where um, (laughs) it doesn't work that way for same sex couples. Same sex couples have to be very, very specific and really weigh pros and cons and like it's not something that we can just say fate will make this happen and if it does i promise you <laughs> there's gonna I, be some questions <laughs> i will take it to every tabloid i will become the next mother of jesus <laughs> bless me i know but it it is a very conscious conversation that happens yeah. it's not like a conversation you have one time and then it's just settled it's just it's a constant conversation yeah of like, is this something? Could we? How would we? What's it look like? Is it worth it? And and by is it worth it? It's like we know that there are lots of great things about being a yeah, parent. Absolutely. But there's so many hurdles to becoming a parent, to even get started for same-sex mm-hmm. couples, that it's like, okay, what would I give up even before the child is here yeah. to make this happen? And if you live in America, it's a very expensive process for us. So it's not, if you face any kind of like, this person doesn't want to carry the baby or we want to have genetic code from the, like, there's so many obstacles. If you have any particulars about the child that you end up with. Exactly. (laughs) So there's a lot of things. Um, And then, so like, we had a conversation and we've had multiple conversations and we've come to the conclusion, like, to us, it's not, it's probably not a viable option for a multitude of reasons but one of the things is that we would probably have to pick up and leave like to raise our children if we were to have children in the life that we would want to provide them is not something we think we could do in the united states oh god no i've never raised child here so like (laughs) when factoring that in right that's a poor choice this nature kind of parenting is like I would love that. And so like weighing the factor of like, 
not only then I have to pick up my whole life and support just to be able to provide the life for the child that I want is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like, but it, it's so hard because like our environment doesn't really lend itself to that. Like I can't live in a walkable city and also have adventure playgrounds because yeah, we don't have those. here. Yeah. It's not created that way here. Yeah. So I just think it's really interesting, like in the dynamic of like, oh, this sounds really cool, but like how realistic is it for us to kind of take on some of these parenting things? So like a lot of what this episode is like, not saying America is bad. It's just like, there are other ways that people raise their children that I think are just as effective. Absolutely. And that as a parent, I hope that people are exploring how to like integrate things. And is it, can it really be done? And if you fall in love with like a practice or something from another country, like how, how can how you do we incorporate that? How do we into... incorporate that? Yeah. And hopefully you can find ways to incorporate these, but I just see so many hurdles to incorporating the ones that I really like yeah. identify with. And I'm like, well, that sucks. <laughs> but so maybe, maybe what I'm saying is at the end of this, we, um, we all call our senators and we all call our representatives <laughs> and we start trying to, we need better things yeah <laughs> can we get an adventure playground in the middle of the city please i mean i feel like maybe start with can we get education yeah first yeah decent education for everybody maybe health care for everybody maybe homes for everybody affordable <laughs> homes i think that there are some places where this th- some of these tactics are more easily done mm-hmm. So like Maine, for example, like the access to the outdoors is just, it's It's there. It's there. You walk out your door and you're technically in like a wilderness situation because, you know, by by medical practice standards, if you're more than an hour away from an emergent (laughs) care, you are in a wilderness. That's most of Maine. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't been there. So like, (laughs) I think, you know, that that plays a part. It's like where you live and like those kinds of things in the United States. But I just think it's really fascinating. It is. It definitely is. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot going on in the United States right now that is not great for the LGBTQIA plus community, for women, for any other minorities, people of color. It's really difficult. Yeah, it's really difficult. And like, we're not saying, oh, America's so bad. I mean, it kind of is right now, but like, but we could be better. We could be better. And we, and like, I think there's a lot of really good examples in the world of how people are doing things really well. Yes. And we just have to be open-minded and look at other places because again, one of the reasons I chose Germany is because all of their education principles are taken from American (laughs) studies. They're like, oh, what's America doing? Oh, we can do that better. So there have been multiple studies published by an inc- amazing educators who were like, hey, if we did these things, this X, Y, and Z would happen. And Nordic countries in Germany went, huh, we could do that. Let's try it. And they stuck with it. And it worked. <laughs> Imagine that. It's not it's not that America is bad or that we're not smart or that we can't do these things. We we formulated most of the information. <laughs> it's just putting it on follow through. Yeah, the follow through. Um so yeah. Not to be a downer. I, yeah. 
<laughs> That's not what this is about. It's just no. trying to give a different perspective. Yeah. And like, there's definitely things that like, you don't have to live in another country to incorporate a bunch of this stuff into your own family and your own parenthood practices. Right. Yeah. Like, so yeah. yeah. Be oh. active, get out in nature. Yeah. Get stay out, calm. Stay calm. <laughs> Keep calm and carry on. Like it's, they're pretty simple. Unschool responsibly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one could be a little. Yeah. Do your research there. Exactly. <laughs> so hopefully maybe you listen to this episode and learned a new kind of like parenting style or heard something that you were like, oh, I could really incorporate that. I, mm-hmm. You know, I just I'm not I'm not one to go to the gym, but I can definitely get my kids out and go for yeah. a walk every day yeah. in nature. We could climb a tree. Yeah. Like we can run through a garden and like touch flowers and like, you know, those things are definitely one. They're fun. Like who, 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 what kid doesn't want to play in the dirt? Right. So fun. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. do fun things. Live that uh, German Nordic lifestyle. (laughs) I'm all about it. We know you are. Yeah. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. It's going to be a long episode. It is. It's going to be fun to edit. Yeah. (laughs) That's a wrap for the this episode of Bitch of the I'm gonna try it again. That's a wrap for this episode of Bitch versus Bear. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Keep listening every Wednesday as we continue to explore different topics related to fitness, women, and the LGBTQIA plus community. And make sure to follow, share, like, comment, do all the things that we ask you to do every week. Yes, please. Follow through. It's important. Yeah.